0: and opinions on the following program are those of the participants and not necessarily those of KKVV Las Vegas.
1: Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine? And go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained. And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Cost Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you'll dial 702-650-5588. If you're inside the Las Vegas local area, you'd like to join in on our discussion, you have a praise report, a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you again. That number is 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you to join in on our discussion today. If the Lord leads you, amen. That would be 800-366-8883. I say again, the toll-free number for you to call in and join our discussion would be 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live on KKVV's website, and that web address is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. Brother Vernon just waved to you as well. With that, uh, I have Brother Vernon Davis with me. Say hello, Brother Vernon.
2: Hello, everyone.
1: Amen. And it's good to see you back in the good studio here where we're doing the work of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we are also being streamed from Save the Lost at All Costs' website, which is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please go to our website. Again, that's org. Select the broadcast that you'd like to listen to, uh, click on to it, and the gospel is always free on our watch. Amen? Amen. And we are being simultaneously broadcast from AM 1060, which is KKVV's radio AM dial, and also 101.5 FM, which is also KKVV's FM dial. So we're being blessed all the way around. Amen? You can catch us local on the AM or FM dial or you can catch us over the Internet at our web address again www.savethelosslv.org or KKV 1060AM's website which is www.kkvv.com so now that we've gotten all that out the way we have said hello to our in-studio guests I'm hoping that we'll have a VIP guest to call in. So uh, we'll see if the Lord uh, will allow that to happen today. And if so, it will be a blessing for you. But the topic that we're talking about today is shut it down. Again, we're talking about shut it down. Shut what down? There are a lot of churches that are closing, man of God. Amen. And they're closing at a very, very fast pace. And we're going to look at that uh, in the Bible Some things that I want to bring to your attention. And a lot of times uh, you won't hear this in a traditional worship environment. Amen. That's the last thing they want to talk about. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, Vernon, a lot of churches uh, describe themselves as being welcoming. We welcome people. We welcome everybody. Uh, Wherever you are, whoever you are, just come, 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 come. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, Vernon, if you put a welcome sign on the door, why would anybody come?
2: Because they feel they're being welcome. Oh.
1: In, what, in what way? You put a sign on the door and you say welcome. That's a passive statement. So the thing is, is that everybody can say welcome on a sign on the door. Amen. What's the difference from your welcome, the next person's welcome? What's the difference? If everybody has a welcome sign, it's like I'm on the toothpaste aisle at the supermarket. There are 50 different toothpastes. Which toothpaste should I go se- to or which one should I select just because it says toothpaste? Hmm. So what toothpaste would you select because it says toothpaste? That's a reason to pick you up <laughs> um, and go home and brush <laughs> your teeth with? I know you're laughing, but I, I, just,
2: thinking, I, I just want you to think about I like. it.
1: Well, let me say this to you. The Word of God tells us that what good is it if you have 99 and one is still lost? You have to go out there and, and get, get the, the lost. One. Amen? Amen. So you can't have a passive statement, welcome, expecting to reach someone that's lost or someone who's in need. You have to show them that you're willing to help them. You have to show them that you want to have a relationship with them. Amen. So it's about relationship. So putting a sign on the door is not relationship. Oh, well, we have a great worship environment. You have a rock concert, and that's a great worship environment. So when did a rock concert Replace worship. Worship is personal. It's about a relationship. It's not about being entertained. I don't knock anybody that wants to have a rock concert approach. But God requires what worship is. He defines what worship is. And just because you black out your walls and have a rock concert. Does not mean that that's worship that is what God has required. After all, it's his house of Amen. worship. Amen. Those are his people. So you cannot get to God's people a man's route. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now let's look at a lot of people will say that the church is not relevant. It's old. It's not modern. So I I ask you this, Vernon, when you're on your last leg or when there's no way That any man can help you. Do you call on a modern church? Do you call on a a revelant church?
2: I call out to God.
1: You call out to God. Whatever condition or whatever state that you are. Oh, you say, oh, I can't call on him. That's old. That's an old message. I can't call on him. Who says that? that, 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 I I, I can't relate to that. Who says that? There are plenty of people, Vernon, that have in their mind what a church should look like, what a church should feel like. Again, we're dealing with emotions here. So that's the problem that we have people who are trying to do God's church in a man's Man's way. way. That is not acceptable to God. It's not even acceptable to man because you keep having all these different movements how many more movements well, if, are we going to have
2: if i did it a man's way i'm <laughs> i tried that so
1: That's how cool. many movements are we going to have <laughs> how about the greedy movement we
2: We're now, just talking about that
1: <laughs> okay so let's talk about the greedy movement uh, a lot of people say Oh, all they want is money. Every time I go to church, money, 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 money. That's all they talk about. Money, money, money. They make me feel bad because I don't have any money, money, money. So Vernon, if you are going because you've been welcome, let's get back to Vernon. Says you've been welcome. We know that's a passive statement, right? So somehow you go there, and that's all they talk about is money. Matter of fact, you say, well, maybe it was just that one time they were talking about money. And you say, well, let me give them another chance. And let me give them another chance. You know what? Every time I go, it's money, 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 money. Jesus instructed that there was nothing wrong with money per se. Something was wrong with the love of money. Why? Because it leads to all kinds of evil. So, have you been familiar with the term that says keeping up with the Joneses? Of course. So, but, what does that mean to you when they say, look at them, they're trying to keep up with Joneses, or somebody's trying to keep up with the Joneses, what does that mean to you?
2: Trying to get what they have and then one up better uh, to keep up. Oh, they've got that new car, i got to get a new car. They've got this. It's just, which to me, now in this stage of my life, is ridiculous. It's just
1: So there's a good possibility that some churches are competitive. Amen. So they see what somebody is doing across the street or around the corner. They're not going to be outdone. Somebody has to pay for that, man of God. So that somebody more than likely are the people who are visiting or the members. Now, the thing is, is that they will say a lot of times the leadership will say, I got a vision from God. God told me to build this. Well, why would God guide you where he's not providing? God doesn't guide where he doesn't provide. If there's no money, if there's no source, no resource, do you understand what I'm saying? The thing is that he will make it plain to you as to who you're supposed to go to to get the provisions to be able to do this. But who are you serving? Why did you build the church for the community? And you don't do anything to serve the community you're about building edifices to yourself you're about getting streets named after you you're about look at me look at what I've done you can do nothing without God so the problem is about greed Vernon it's never enough and people in the community or who are attending that house of worship have to finance that because i don't see the visionary writing a check to pay for the whole operation no he says i got the vision and this is what you guys are going to do well more than likely somebody else would have caught the vision but if nobody's catching the vision vernon the visionary may be A vision unto himself. Mm -hmm. So we know that Jesus went out into the marketplace. He went and talked to the people. He walks among the people. We know that the apostles did the same thing. So how are you going to meet a person's needs? How are you going to find out who they are, what they're about, how to get them to the next level? in their relationships, in their home life, in their work life, in their community life. How are you going to get them to be able to be better parents and mentors to their children? And you're about building edifices. You're about building. So, like I said... The movement of greed. So let's get into the scriptures, Vernon. And these are some of the problems that some of the churches are having. 50% of the churches that are existing are going to close because they have no business being in inexistent. Because God didn't call them. Amen. That's they called true. themselves. That's true. So now that we got 50% of the churches closing already because they had no authority from God to be open. Now let's deal with the other 50%. Vernon, uh, there's a man by Vernon J. McGee, and uh, he's a wonderful uh, Christian teacher and author, great preacher. You know what he said, Vernon? 50% of the people that go to church are not believers. They're in there for the show.
2: At least the other half is. I thought.
1: OK, but didn't we establish that 50 percent of the churches
2: <laughs>
1: had no business being open? Right. Because they weren't called by God. OK, now we have 50 percent left. Now, those 50 percent are left. Half of those okay. are not believers. So now we're down to 25 yeah, percent. Because
2: I was going to say, I, it seems to be a little bit higher than that. But go ahead.
1: But I'm saying now look at what we got. So now we're down to 25 percent now we got the lukewarm christians and jesus has no use for lukewarm christians matter of fact he said i spit them out of my mouth they're like vomit so if you take half of them and put that with the 25 they're not supposed to be there you're looking at about 12 and a half percent that's supposed to be there but guess what god said that if you just give him 10%, you can keep the 90 and look what he can do with the 10%. Amen. So we should not be discouraged. We should start doing what God has called us to do in the form of setting up a house of God. Amen? Amen. A house of prayer, a Amen. house of worship. So let's look back into the scriptures. We're going to look at Genesis 2, 7. I like to go back to the Genesis of things, mm-hmm. and I like to establish where we are, how we were created, and then we're going to start moving into the organizational part. Amen? Amen. But I want to get your attention about shut it down and why a lot of this is being shut down because God is not pleased. Amen? Amen. So we're going to look at Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse 7. Now, what version are you reading from?
2: New King James Version. All
1: righty. So what does the Word of God say? Chapter 2, mm-hmm.
2: verse 7. Yes. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being.
1: So we are nothing without God. Amen? Amen. So that's what we need to establish. He is the creator. We are the creation. And we were nothing until he breathed what? His life into us. And he is eternal. So we can do nothing without god so now that we established that he's eternal his breath is eternal that's why you have to decide where you're going to go either heaven or hell because he breathed into you he is eternal nothing can stop him from being eternal so catch that in your spirit now let's go to the 18th verse we're still in chapter 2 let's go to the 18th verse and see what the word of god says
2: verse 18 and the lord god said it is not good that man should be alone I will make him a helper comparable to him.
1: God has already established, Vernon, it's not good for man to be alone. When men go off and do their own things and have their own ideas, then they become, in their mind, godlike. Right. So we have to be careful. So it said it was going to create what? A helper. Right? Isn't that a beautiful thing? Amen. Now, let's go to the 24th verse and see what the Word of God says.
2: Verse 24: Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh.
1: Wow. Now, let's go back up. So. A wife is a good thing. Amen? Amen. Now let's go to verse 21. And let's start reading down until we get to uh, verse 24 where you just read. I want our, our listeners to hear that. So let's start at verse 21.
2: Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Verse 22. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. Verse 23, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man.
1: Do you notice, Vernon, here, how Adam had nothing to do with the creation of the woman? Matter of fact, his eyes were closed. He was put into a deep sleep. sleep. It was the first operation. And God was the spiritual anesthesia. Because most of us have to have some type of anesthesia or deadening the area that's going to be operated on, right? Mm -hmm. But Adam did not have to see anything, it was not required. Because if you can see it, it's not faith. That's true. Okay, so and then it says that Adam was what?
2: Adam was.
1: He received a woman. See, it said he brought her to the man. Why wouldn't God bring you a wife?
2: Neither you see that? that? As he promised we're him looking, to help we're
1: looking at verse 22. Right. And he brought her to the man. See, women don't need to look for a husband. God would bring the man to you because he desires that the man to have what? A helpmate that's comparable to him. God made us all individually different. The wife for you may not be the wife for the next man. It's not one size fits all. God made us uniquely for his purpose. Amen. Amen. His divine purpose. So we should not covet another man's wife or we should not covet another man's husband because that particular individual is not the one that was created for us. And sometimes, Vernon, the only husband you'll have will be... The Lord Jesus Christ. Because some of us will not be married. The work will be sufficient. Amen. Amen. So we need to understand that. Wait on the Lord. He will bring the increase. So I want people to be patient. And allow God to do the best work in you. So when he brings you the gift. Truly. It will be a blessing. So. Vernon I know you're not running looking for a wife or anything like that. I (laughs) I can appreciate your patience. But I know you understand that. But some people, they say, well, I'm getting older now. Or um, everybody else is getting one. All of these things that...
2: I believe God's not done with me yet, and I, and I believe I'm not ready. <laughs> so I leave it to God. I don't even make that choice.
1: <laughs> but isn't that a wonderful thing? You can appreciate William. God and be patient in waiting on the Lord. Because in all things, we're supposed to do what? Wait on the Amen.
2: Lord. I'm glad he put the patience in me.
1: Amen. But the thing is, we can request that. We I can pray, pray for pray, that. Pray. If that's truly the desire of our heart, because God knows Amen. our true desire of our heart. Amen. But we can ask him. Amen. And go to him in prayer. He expects it because he already knows what it is that we seek anyway, before we ask it. Now let's look at verse 25.
2: Verse 25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife and were not ashamed.
1: There it is. Okay. So now we see man has been established. Mm -hmm. It was designated that he needed a helper.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: God created his helper. Did not need man's help. Matter of fact, Put him to sleep so that he would not take any credit for it whatsoever, nor get in the way. That was a trust thing. He, He proved that he was patient. He knew that God knew what he needed. And then God brought his wife to him. And then they stood before God, uncovered and unashamed, together as husband and wife. One male, one female. Amen? Amen. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 4 and 5, and let's see what the Word of God says. Now we're going to be talking about uh, Adam and Eve. They had two sons. Mm -hmm. So uh, Eve has had two sons. Uh, Adam is the father, and uh, we're going to read about them here, and we're in Genesis chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. So let's hear what it says. Again, we're in the New King James Version, correct?
2: Correct. Uh, Verse 4, Abel also bought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Verse 5, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell.
1: Okay, this is the first opportunity that we see worship. So when we look at verse 4, and let's go up to verses 1 through 3 so we can see how this is unfolding so can we start with verse 1 2 and 3 will you read that for us please
2: okay verse 1 now adam knew eve his wife and she conceived and bore cain and said i have acquired a man from the lord verse 2 then she bore again this time his brother abel now abel was a keeper of sheep but cain was a tiller of the ground verse 3 and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord
1: now let's 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 look at verse 1 what did eve say about her son Cain she
2: that she had acquired a man from the Lord
1: that was not said about Abel right no okay so we we'll keep going here keep going so We see, too, that she bore again, Mm -hmm. this time to brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground, right? Amen. Three, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Four, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Now, Cain... Can you imagine? That's what the mother said about him. Said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Said that about Cain. Right. People missed that. Okay. And, and said, but before, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Abel understood who God was, understood what God required of worship, And he did as God had instructed him to do. And God was pleased. Not only was he pleased, he said he respected. That's the highest honor that you can do, is to respect somebody, Vernon. Amen. Now, verse 5, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Did you see that? Did not respect Cain or his offering. That's two disrespects. Do you see that?
2: Amen. Yes, I do.
1: So how do people come into the house of God, not believing God and not respecting the word of God, but call themselves a believer? How do you do that?
2: Hypocritical.
1: Exactly. But there are men and women of God who are saying they are serving God yet they are serving themselves in the house of God. Mm-hmm. Their worship is not suitable. God does not respect them or what it is that they are bringing God
2: He's seeking their own glory.
1: Do you see where I'm yes. going with this, Vernon? Yes, I do. All you had to do was read the, the first four chapters of Genesis and you would have got it. Now you see why we have a problem and that needs to be shut down. Shut it down, Vernon. It's all right here, man of God. So let's keep reading. What does finish verse five for me, Vernon?
2: Verse five. uh, But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Verse six. Mm -hmm. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance failed?" Verse seven. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. But you should rule over it.
1: Wow. Is God not instructing him?
2: Amen. He sure is.
1: So does God not instruct us in his word?
2: Yes, he does.
1: And he tells us that if we continue to do it our way, guess what? Sin is the consequent. And not only is the consequence, it will be at your door. There's nothing sinful that can enter into God's presence. There's nothing sinful about God. So where is the sin going to lie? It's going to lie with man. But God understands and points it out. It does not get better than that. What the problem is, matter of fact, he did not assume anything, he being God, but he knew. He wanted the person to answer for himself. Why are you angry? Isn't that a beautiful thing, Vernon? You can speak on your own behalf to God. You can establish what it is that you feel. And then God will be the righteous judge. He will examine and he will instruct you correctly. So if he did it in the beginning, Vernon, why would he not continue to do it? It's who he is. So let's continue, Vernon. Verse uh, 8.
2: Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Verse 9, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He, He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper?
1: Let's stop right there. So when you're spiritually killing God's sheep, do you think that God is not
2: aware of that? God is always aware.
1: They are blessed, Vernon, that all God did was close the church doors. Now, let's finish reading at verse 10. What does it say?
2: Verse 10, and he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground.
1: So do you think that God would not be made aware of what is happening to his sheep in his house? His sheep have a voice. Amen. Amen. And his sheep cry out to the father. Amen. So God is really exercising grace and a lot of mercy with these men and women of God who go into his house and try to make a mockery. You can't worship God, but in spirit and in truth, Vernon. Vernon. So we must be very, very careful when we're doing God's work. Amen. Amen. And for those who are coming to God's house to see a show. There is enough to go around on those who sit in the pews and those who are preaching to those in the pews. We have to see where we are in both scenarios and make the necessary judgment. I mean, adjustment. Amen. Amen. Because if we don't make the necessary adjustment, guess what? God will render the judgment. He will. All righty. So let's take this call. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at all costs, and God bless you. God bless you back, Minister Nina. There she is. How are you, Minister Parham? (laughs)
0: I made it. I'm making it. I'm moving forward
1: hard. Amen. (laughs) Well, praise God. We're talking about shut it down and why a lot of these churches are closing. Woman of God. So we're going to go to a favorite book of yours, Hebrew chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 28. Because we see the worship issue right here uh, that was established with Cain and Abel. So I want the listeners to be able to make the correlation as to what's happening in the church. And God will always speak to us and always give us an opportunity to repent and do the right thing. Amen? Amen. If not, the wages of sin are death Hallelujah. and they bring it upon themselves and God will always ask for your participation. He will ask for your input because that's the type of God that he is because you will not have the testimony that oh well he's a he's an evil god uh he's an uncaring god he 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 wouldn't let me talk god that that will never be the testimony you will be able to speak against our lord and savior amen
0: amen Amen. so
1: let's go to hebrews chapter 12 and let's look at verse uh, 28 and woman of god what version do you have
0: i have the new king james version Amen. amen
1: so would you read that for us and tell us what the word of god says
0: Okay, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Mm -hmm. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear.
1: And 29.
0: For our God is a consuming fire.
1: That speaks volumes, woman of God. And I'm hoping and praying in the name of Jesus that those who do the work of God really receive those two verses.
0: Hallelujah.
1: It is important that we understand that. It says it is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So it's not about trying to be modern. It's not about trying to look like the world. a Skinny jeans and a Starbucks cup of coffee and preaching on an iPhone is not doing it, men and women of God.
0: <laughs> well, you know, uh, the other day I was reading something and uh, a person asked a question about how can we be so overwhelm concerning the bathroom issues that is going on across the nation. And I responded by telling uh, this uh, young man that um, we, as the people of God, we need to be reawakened to righteousness and that we have um, been derelict in our duties and we've left our post. And because we've left our post, the enemy has come in, and he's trying to wreak havoc in our country and in our lives and in our schools and in this universe at large. But we have a promise from Almighty God that the uh, that the kingdom of darkness will not prevail against the people of God. But the shutting it down part would be shutting down the powers of darkness and wickedness that is running rampant within the house of God, because there is a house of God, but there there is a house of Satan. That's what the book of Revelation says. Amen. And so God will shut it down, just like he shut down the kings in the Old Testament, just like he shut down the brother who wouldn't help david he shut him down because he wouldn't help he wouldn't do his part Mm -hmm. he shut it down he shut down the the priest that was in the tabernacle when his own sons was having all of these perverted acts and god shut that down as well he gave them time to repent but the men and women of god would not repent and so he shut it down
1: Well, the thing is, is that, and I agree with you, woman of God, and you're absolutely right in what you're saying. The church is Jesus's church. Jesus is the church. So that's what we have to understand. If you are not receiving that, then the church is going to shut down. And that it should, because who represents the church? Who is the head of the church? You cannot Get to Jesus by a man's way. So you cannot look at the world and try to get to Jesus in a worldly type of way. It's not going to happen. The bathroom issue is a distraction. That has nothing to do with who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be going after the loss. Amen. Amen. So let that work itself out. Do not take your eye off of God. God understands that. A lot of us are getting distracted. That's a a fight to get you caught up uh, in some bushes. And it takes a while to get out of bushes once you've been caught in them. (laughs) And now, guess what? You're distracted. You're held up. You're out of breath, (laughs) and you're allowing other things to seek and find where you should be the seeking and finding. Amen? Amen. And we need to start staying with the Word of God. Stop trying to deviate from it. Stop trying to water down the message. (laughs) How are we going to prepare our children? You have a daughter that's getting ready to go to college. Am I not correct? Correct to continue she's already there but she's continuing on to another level correct yes ma'am well some of us are sending our children away for the first time and these children have been faithful they've come to church they've come to children's church they participated but the message has been so watered down by the time they get to the campus they are food for the wolves they cannot stand on the word of God because it's been watered down so much, they can't even stand up. That is sad that we are sending our children as lambs to slaughter because we're too busy watering down the message.
0: Well, you know, Minister Nina, um, there, the the spirit of deception, the Bible says that in the last days that the that, that spirit of deception and delusion will be even heavier than it was in the Old Testament. And some, some of us have been, uh, in, in a place of darkness, not realizing that God is not going to be mocked. Mm-hmm. There will be a day of recompense. And so, you know, sometimes we, we get into the church, and because this person has been anointed or uh, or ordained, they put them in positions of leadership. But in the Word of God, it said that the people couldn't even come into the temple and play an instrument unless they knew the Torah which is the five, the first five books of the law, you could not even operate in a position of leadership without even knowing the Word of God. So some people are operating in, in what they call a familiar spirit. They're not even operating in God because they don't even know God, ain't been in God, and don't know nothing about the things of God.
1: Can I take that one step further, Minister? <laughs> when we look at Jesus' model... In reference to his relationship with his disciples. It's called discipleship. They had to follow him. They had to be taught. In every situation. They watched their Lord and Savior. And they were able to model him. Because he was in relationship with them. They had a desire to be instructed. Not only did they have a desire to be instructed. They had a desire to follow. We have to Remember in the scriptures, there were a lot of disciples that were following Jesus at one time, but only a few stayed. So because they were committed to that, there are a lot of people that come to church. And as we stated earlier on the program, 50% of those coming to the church are not believers. They're coming for the show. They're coming because it looks good on their resume. They're coming because there's a man or a woman they might want to have a relationship with, not a commitment. Do you understand what I'm saying to you, woman of God? They're looking to see whom they can devour. They're looking at the cars in the parking lot and say, hmm, I can sell this one this. I can sell that one that. Believe it or not, there are a lot of people in the church that don't mean the church any good. When I say the church, I'm speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ himself. They are just looking looking to see who they can pick off. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. And the thing is, is that because a lot of the message that the word of God is being preached in some churches is watered down, there's no defense. There's people can't even use the gift of discernment. They don't even know that they're sitting next to a demon. They don't even know that they turn their kids over to demons. Demons are nice to get you, but once they got you, they're not about hurting you. They're about destroying you, and we have to be very, very careful what type of message that we are receiving. It's important to preach about hell, because hell is a real place. It's important to preach about sin, because the wages of sin are death. It's important that a pastor... Who is leading you is in a good relationship with his family, that he is a man. If he has a wife caring for his wife, that if he has children, he's godly instructing and caring for his children because it denotes his character that he's slow to anger. That he's not a brawler, he's not a drunkard, he doesn't have a zipper problem, he's not trying to get with sister so-and-so and sister this and sister that. We have to be mindful of that your fruit is evident of who you're in relationship with because fruit will always expose who your father is. So there's a standard that has been established with the word of God. So if we gloss over it, water it down, no accountability, then we've got a problem. And we're sending our kids out there, and they are not protected. What is protecting them? Whose responsibility is that? So this is what we have to understand. And if the church is not doing what God has instructed it to do because it's God's church and it's God's people, shut it down.
0: Well, we have a promise in the word of God in the book of Matthew chapter 13 verses 24 to 30, where it talks about the parable of the wheat and the tares.
1: Would you like to read it for us, woman of God, please?
0: It says in the New King James Version, Matthew 13, starting at verse 24. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, this is Jesus speaking. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field." But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. 26. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, The enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No. Lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First, Gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my bonds. So I believe that this word here is a promise to the people of God that God knows exactly who belongs to him. Whether we're all gathered together, Mm -hmm. whether the enemy is in our midst or not. This scripture right here, God is promising us, let them grow up together. And at the end, I'm going to bind all of that which is not of me, and I'm going to cast it into the fire, and that which belongs to me is coming into the barn with me. So we don't have to worry about the enemy coming to church because God will protect us. He will protect us from the enemy, and he will gather
1: them up and he
0: will do as it is written in this
2: word. Amen. And tares are like weeds?
1: They are the part of the wheat that's not productive. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. It's a part of the wheat. It's like a weed in grass. Okay. And you look at grass and sometimes the weed looks like it blends in. Okay. But it, it chokes off the gla- grass. Okay. It takes its water source. It takes its food source. Okay. So it's non productive. Okay. So I'd like us to go to Ephesians chapter 3. Brother Vernon, I'd like you to read verses 9 through 11, and then we're going to go over to 2 Peter. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 3 to piggyback on what uh, Minister Susan just uh, read to us. That was wonderful. Thank you, woman of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing that to her. Verses 9 through 11, please.
2: Okay, from the New King James Version, uh, chapter 3, verse 9, And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Verse 10, To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Verse 11, According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord.
1: And go ahead and read verse 12.
2: Verse 12, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him.
1: Exactly. Faith in Him. It has to be a demonstration. It has to be something that we are doing. Amen? Amen? And it has to be what He says it is, not what we say it is. So let's go over to Second Peter. We're going to go to the first chapter, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 13, because I want to continue about the heavenly things. Amen? Where we must keep our focus on is the heavenly things, not the worldly things. When we are doing his work, when we are living his word, again, everybody is not a believer that comes into the church. We must be very, very sure about that, Brother Vernon. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people are counting numbers and they shouldn't be counting numbers. You know, God uh, was very uh, harsh on people who tried to take a census of his people. (laughs) And David found that out, didn't he, uh, Minister Susan? Yes, ma'am. We should not be taking census of God's people. Amen. Because Amen. we didn't create them. We need to be about the work, not about the numbers. Amen. So, again, we're in 2 Peter chapter 1. Look at verses 10 through 13, please, man of God.
2: Okay, chapter 1, 2 Peter verse 10. Mm-hmm. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble.
1: Wow. Read that again.
2: Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble.
1: The work is not for everyone. Would we not agree, Brother Dave, uh, Brother Vernon and Minister Susan? I agree. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You're about to be King David. I was, <laughs> I was calling you David. You had a David anointing on you. Amen? Amen. But that's important. We need to understand that. It is not for everyone. People have a desire, but it's about discipleship and instruction. And you have to be able to have a desire to do that. That's what the model is. Discipleship, instruction, before you can even be ready to to do the work. It says make sure your call and election are sure. And if you do that, you don't have to worry about stumbling. Amen.
0: Well, you know, Minister Nina. Mm-hmm. The Word also testifies in the book of Revelation, chapter 22.
1: Okay, we want to get to that, but let's, I, wanted, I want you to take us there, but finish these couple of verses, and then let's okay. go where Minister uh, Susan like us to go. Okay. So we have 11 and 12 and 13. Go ahead.
2: Verse 11, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 12, for this reason I will not be ne- ne- negligent, To remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. 13, yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you.
1: Go ahead, keep going. Verse
2: 14, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me.
1: See, it's important. Those who have been put in the leadership position, what does it say? Peter said he constantly had to remind them. These are the apostles. Can you imagine, mm-hmm. woman of God, that if the apostles need constant reminding, why aren't we giving this to God's people constantly?
0: Hallelujah.
1: So you want to take us to Revelation? Where are we going in Revelation, woman of God?
0: Um, in chapter twenty-two. Okay. Um, the in verse number eleven. All right. Down to really um, seventeen, but I can read eleven, where 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 Jesus is talking about his coming back. Okay. And I don't think that we, are, 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 um, we need to be reminded that Jesus is going to come back. Mm-hmm. And he's saying to the people, of God, he says, He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he who is filthy, let him be filthy still. But he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. He says, Because behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Mm. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Mm-hmm. He is going he's telling us, Blessed are those who will do his commandments, mm-hmm. that they may have the right to the tree of life, mm-hmm. and they enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers mm-hmm. and sexual immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. That's the tale again. Mm-hmm. But Jesus said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. So none of us are going to be without an excuse. He said, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bride and the morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. So come on us that's backsliding. Come on us that's haven't even received Jesus. Come on us that's on the fence. Come on us that's to the left, to the right. And let him who hears say, come. Mm-hmm. And let him who thirsts. Come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. And the water of life is this word right here that we are reading.
1: Amen. Well, I would like to take us to John chapter 4 and the gospel. And I would like us to start about, uh, let's say about 19. We're in John chapter 4. Let's start about verse 19. And the word of God says this. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. 20. Our fathers worship on this mountain and you Jews say this is Jerusalem in the place where one ought to worship. 21. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father 22 you worship what you do not know we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews 23 but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him 24 God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth all right, we have another call, so I need you to hold on, woman of God, and we're going to take this call right quick. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at all costs. Hello? It's still me. Okay. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at all costs. God bless you.
0: Good uh, Thank you, Nina. This is Robin. I just wanted to give a quick thank you for What all you guys do and everything.
1: Well, thank you, Sister Robin. We love you too.
0: Okay, I love you guys. All right. right. God bless you you guys.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Minister Susan. We're down to the last last thirty seconds. So uh, we always say we love you and save the lost at all costs. But you got about twenty seconds if you'd like to bless this woman of God.
0: In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be blessed, my sister, be blessed, my brother, be blessed to all of the hearers.
1: Amen. Amen. And the thing is, is that we are talking about shut it down. Do it God's way. That's the only way that's going to last. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We love you. Bye-bye. God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease. For tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations, Save the Lost at all costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live, called-in, weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas' very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 a.m. and 101.5 fm. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. P.O. Box number 335852 North Las Vegas 89033 Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852 North Las Vegas 89033 All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.
0: you?